Good morning, everyone. It's the 4th of August, and I, there was a topic that I definitely wanted to get off uh, and out of my plate early. Uh, it's a concept I've been kind of working on. It's kind of a re redefining of the class system. Uh, standard, using standard terminology like lower, middle, and upper class, I wanted to kind of align it with it. I'm sure there's some sociologist or somebody out there uh, thinking about this. And I'm sure there's some documents on it, but I, I haven't seen them. So I just, this is something I wanted to lay out to kind of define my thoughts on the way the world works and how politicians are making decisions. Uh, no one specific politician, uh, but uh, both Democrats, Republicans making decisions and how it can help, excuse me, the Libertarian Party at, at the end of the day by thinking in these terms. Uh, so, so just to kind of jump right into it, uh, so redefining the class system, okay? So I'm gonna go through lower, middle, and upper class to kind of give my, I guess, definition of what I would think that they should be. Our traditional system is lower class is below a very specific price range, uh, $24,000, $30,000. Middle class is up to like $200,000, $400,000 and upper classes above that. <clears throat> I think that's too broad of a brush. And I think there are political decisions being made based off of what I think are the, should be the classes, okay? So lower class, lower class people are, are people who can't afford to survive. The reason I define them as lower class is they are typically poor, live in poor neighborhoods, be it uh, Detroit, New York City, major cities, or in rural communities like uh, the Pine Ridge Reservation uh, or reservations around the United States. The reason why uh, they're broke out is, for political reasons is specifically because of how they vote, okay? They vote for the what's in it for me, okay? So you can get their votes purely based off giving them more and more and more welfare or guarding their welfare benefits. They are reliant, and this is the big tie-in for all these upper middle and lower classes. The big tie-in is it's about people's, how do I put it? It's about people's reliance on the government for their survivability, okay? And the lower class, as I'm defining it, they have to have government subsidies to survive, at least in their mind. I don't think that's the case. I don't believe that to be true necessarily, but at least in their mind, how they vote, actions they take, things they do is all purely based off their reliance on a, a federal or state government to provide them their basic necessities. So that's their reliance, okay? So when they make decisions about who to vote for, they vote strictly along those lines. Okay? It's not about compassion and it's not about anything like that. They're, they want somebody to take money from somebody else and hand it to them at the end of the day. They may not think that directly, but that's the, the issue, right? They don't quite understand where that money comes from. It just comes from the big ether. Okay? So it's, again, their reliance on the federal government, the state and local government to provide them uh, food, housing, Whatever the case may be, we kind of, kind of jokingly, as an anecdote, they they talked about the Obama phone, which it, it, the Obama phone wasn't necessarily a phone that was given j during that time. It was actually put in place earlier than, than than Obama. But but anyway, the the point is that 
They're looking for benefits and basic necessities being met. Talking to those people is very easy because you go in there and you offer them a bunch of stuff and they want to vote for you. Typically Democrats do that. And, and some Republicans do it as well, but typically Democrats do that. They are the ones that are going in there and saying, hey, wouldn't it be nice if you got $15 an hour? Well, sure, but they don't understand the impact because they don't necessarily understand how finances work or any of that stuff works, okay? So getting into, then I'll, I'll skip over middle class and go into upper class. Upper class are similar to the lower class in the sense that they have big businesses and they have massive corporations and the upper class are reliant on the government also for not necessarily direct financial subsidies necessarily but like airlines and you know big companies like amazon who has contracts with the department of defense or whoever they rely on the government as well so they will vote to keep those contracts so again, kind of the theme here between the upper and the lower class is a mentality that they have to have the federal government or the government, any government, to fund what they need. So again, they will both vote for those things. So it's not necessarily the doctor who makes $500,000 a year is upper class. If the doctor goes out and looks for subsidies or government contracts, uh, scientists, for example, in this case, uh, a scientist would be a prime example of somebody who can go both ways, can, can fit into the middle class or the upper class, okay? Where a scientist who is reliant, like, uh, like JBL or one of those, one of those uh, scientific communities that, that relies on government subsidies, they are going to work, and you see it in their bureaucracy as well. This is de defining for the upper class, but you'll see it in their, in how they spend their money. In my experience, what you end up with is if, if, if a, a place like, like, uh, like a JBL or, uh, you know, some other Raytheon or whoever gets a government contract, they do the bare minimum to do, to, to meet that contract, okay? but they will also go out of their way to underbid everybody to make sure they get that contract. So they're very reliant on the government. They're, they're nursing off the government teat as much as the lower classes, okay? So a doctor might not necessarily be upper class by this de definition if he has, he or she has an independent practice, uh, is not necessarily looped in with TRICARE or Medicaid or Medicare or whatever, they, they're not necessarily directly reliant on the government for their money. So that's the, but, but how they vote, both, both the lower class and the upper class, how they vote will be whoever's going to give them the best deal. Now, upper class are able to afford to pay both parties in our current duopoly system, are able to pay both parties to kind of get their interests out there where the lower class can't necessarily do that unless they unionize which would be which would be crazy but not out of the not not out of the ordinary if it did happen i wouldn't be surprised if it did happen one day but the upper class again a google a amazon a whoever you know just throwing out well i mean car manufacturers um uh, airlines they get money from the government directly. And it's not only the money coming in, it's the ability to pay politicians and give campaign contributions to set policy. When you see 
Amazon saying that they think that across the board that everybody should be getting paid $15 an hour, it's already understood that Amazon's best interests are that, yeah, of course, they want to get everybody to get $15 an hour. Because in their competition, the small mom and pop shops can't can't do that, and you're only relying your all your fo- mo- money is going to be focused into Amazon. During the shutdown during the pandemic in t- 2020, we saw that. That's what they want. The other side of that coin, okay, just kind of backing away from defining the lower and upper class. The other side of that coin is those people can also then be controlled by the federal government, okay? If at any point money is an issue, politician can go out and say, well, we're going to have to stop these subsidies if I don't get voted into office. We're going to have to stop these policies. We're going to have to stop this and this and this if I don't get these policies put in place. These are this is Both of these, these categories, the upper and lower class, are, are, are a what I would consider a, not the majority of the population, I guess is the best way to put it. Not the majority of the population. But they have, on one side, they have a ton of money to influence power. On the other side, there's a voting block there that could keep them, that could keep them in office. So when you see things like, uh, what did I see recently? That the, that the head of the treasury goes in and says, we're having financial issues. We're going to take money away from the, the, um, the retirees' investment accounts for the military, or at least affect it slightly. And that doesn't affect the voting block that they have to worry about, if I'm making myself clear. Okay, maybe I'm not, so I'm trying to think here. So when she does that, the voting people then want somebody to come into office who is going to help them get their money back. So it's this self-perpetuating system. They never talk about whenever we have to, whenever we have an issue with, with the federal government shutting down or, or anything, it's always the military and the, um, who else? It's always the military and the, and the government employees who are affected. It's never the welfare state. It can never be the welfare state. I mean, first of all, you don't want necessarily people out in the streets screaming and yelling and causing havoc in the streets. Uh, you want to see a crime wave take away everybody's welfare today. You take everybody's welfare today away. I mean, it's a it's a huge issue. So they know they've they've got they've got to continue to pay that pay that debt. But as a upper upper class, again, they get called up to Congress. And they're the ones that are being held accountable. You always see those ones when you when you got Google, Facebook, Amazon, all those, you know, Yahoo, all of those guys get called up to, to Congress and get shouted at. They are like a government employee, effectively. So because they're getting subsidies, again, Amazon Web Services has, I think, a six hundred million dollar contract with the federal government, the Department of Defense, if I'm not mistaken. So they're being they're paid employees for all intents and purposes. So they're married and coupled. It's it's very uh, it's very nefarious, if you ask me. We don't live in a purely capitalist system by that definition. If the federal government can give effectively what are subsidies and and work in the best interest of these major corporations, you don't see your mom and pop shop on Main Street going and petitioning Congress. If they do, they've got to get 1,500 of them together to go petition Congress to get anything enacted. 
And it's really hard to get comp get businesses that are competing to work together on any project. But you have uh, a several you know several billion dollar single company goes and, and t goes talks to a couple of senators and boom you've got everything you need, right? So I, I, so 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 skipping away from those two. Okay, so let's get another definition out there: the middle class. Middle class, I believe, should be defined by people who are either independent of the state directly. They may vote either way, but they have the ability through financial stability, through owning their own business, through what, whatever the case may be of not being controlled by the, the government. This, these are your, your strict libertarians. These are your right-wing Republicans who have small businesses or construction guys, are, are welders, are whoever who don't necessarily need the government the government is a hindrance where the other two classes the government is a is a is an assistance for the middle class the government is a a hindrance if we were to lower taxes the only people that it would affect is the middle class in in my definition if we were to deregulate the only people that it would affect are the middle class are these people in the middle who maybe they work a nine to five job at some company or whatever, but they vote however they want to vote. They have a choice where the upper class and the lower class, they don't have a choice in their, in their voting. They're not controlled by the current regime. What made me kind of think about this is in 2020, the people they were going after were the middle class people by my definition. The people who have the mom and pop shops, the people who are in construction, who are now having issues building because of the price of all the material going way up. Okay, Those are the people that are the most affected right now. The most affected is the middle class, again, by my definition. So when you think in these aspects and you think in, these, in, these, in, in, in this, this mode, you start to equate these things to to how we act, how we do things, how we take take and, and, and attack stuff, and how the politicians react to everything, and you start to think of it in a, in a, in a way, it's a, it's a matter of control. The middle class is not able to be controlled by anybody in D.C. other than regulating them and taxing them. Trying to tell them, hey, you can't have guns. Hey, your freedom of speech is going to be taken away. All these things, which then there's a massive pushback. What they don't quite understand is this middle class is the reason they can't control them is because they are liberty-minded, independent people. Now, this swings a very broad range. This, this is your classic liberals who have regular jobs. These might be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, a construction worker, anybody who has the, who's only ability to be affected by the federal government is negatively. They may, may, they may want specific policies from the, the government because their view of the world, because they're from California and they think it's a great idea to give houses to the homeless. However, they don't, their personal lives are not affected necessarily by the government. So anytime the government takes an action, it actually takes away from them. And bit by bit, half a percent, one percent, a tenth of a percent, their their liberties get taken away, and there's a break point for everybody in the middle class. 
where they go, what have you done for me? What am I getting out of this? Now, for a lot of people, we've seen a, 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 a bit of a surge of people moving over to the Libertarian Party because of the messaging, because of you know any number of reasons. I think it's part of the of the Ron Paul revolution that that, that quite a few folks are, folks are pushing in the Mises Caucus and, and that type of stuff and the, the type of messaging we're putting out there and the type of stuff we're saying and doing that there is a third solution to all these problems, not just the guys who want to get into power and make themselves wealthy based off of feeding the upper and the lower class. They want to do right by the middle class. And that's what the Libertarian Party specifically. So just to bring focus into, in bring this into focus, the Libertarian Party can do the most damage to the duopoly if they focus on the middle class solely. Don't waste any effort talking to big businesses and to, and to, the lower class and that's not to say that we shouldn't be talking to people but if you spend 90% of your energy focused on the middle class convincing people that is in their best interest to not have the government screwing with their paycheck screwing with their kids screwing with their their home screwing with all this stuff hey wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to pay taxes on your house or lower taxes well yeah then vote for us because we intend to do that and here's our plan hey wouldn't it be great if federal income taxes were reduced significantly, well, yeah, it'd be great. Well, then, then vote for us. So now how this deviates from the current standards is, is, is just to kind of loop back to that, is this deviates from the current standards where when, when you hear people, politicians and folks on TV and on the radio talk about the middle class, they, they don't clearly understand. They just talk about a dollar amount. What they don't quite grasp and what I want to try and push out there is that the middle class are the people throughout history who have affected the most change. Not the financially middle class. If I said Benjamin Franklin, he said, dude, he was upper class. He was middle class in the sense that the government was, was a hindrance to him and he did something about it. George Washington, rich man, but he hated the government as it sat and decided he wanted to be a general in an army that fought against those people. There's tons of people who are upper class who by by the by the current standards would fall under the middle class standard in this case. I, I, I'm not necessarily tied to this upper, lower, middle class mentality, but this is this is the this is the definitions if I've got I've got it set. Okay? So again, how it deviates, big time how it deviates from the standards is how the government is able to control the people. On one side, you have poor people who have to have welfare to, to survive. And the other side, you have rich people who have to have the government to survive. The middle class, the bulk of the nation. I don't have statistics, but if I were to imagine, there are, there are if we have 330 million people 80% of those people have, have no, have no, the government has no effect, on, the federal government has no real genuine effect on their lives other than adversely. They take away. That's where the Libertarian Party needs to focus its attention is on those people. Focus, 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 focus. You want to talk about getting 70 million votes in, an in a presidential election, those are the people that you need to go target. Those are the people that you need to go at. Those are the people that you need to, to, to beat on their door and say, dude, doesn't it suck? 
Take a look at your, your leave and earnings statement that you get from your business, from your, from your company that you work for. Wouldn't it be nice if all this stuff went away? Yeah, yeah, well vote for us and we'll try and make that happen. Now, how you do that, the elephant's massive, right? A lot of, there's a lot of autistic Nazis that are in, in the Libertarian Party who think just, you know, they, they scream platitudes like, you know, end the Fed, taxation is theft. And all, okay, so, so wh what does it look like? And that's the other thing is there needs to be policy and there needs to be a central focus on how to attack current problems. Not this autistic Nazi way of looking at it that, that a lot of libertarians get into. And it's very frustrating to watch in all of my Facebook groups and, all, and the stuff I read where people get hyper focused on the theory craft and the, you know, the theology that is that is libertarianism. And I'm a real libertarian because I want to end the Fed and you're not a real libertarian because you've got, you know, you said, well, maybe we should take baby steps. Well, I mean, great. If you were the president, you know, so what? What if I magically became king one day? If I magically became king one day, that's a fictitious world. We need to take baby steps. And that's, a, that's something that, that frustrates me. And I'll talk about that on another podcast, about some of the, my frustrations with the Libertarian Party specifically. But as a, as a party, so, so as the two parties, as you break them out, as the two parties, Democrats, they promote big business and small business and, and, the, and the lower class. They're giving money to them. Republicans, by doing nothing to take care of the, the, the lower class people, and promoting the upper class people just keep this whole system going. They say they're fighting for the common American, but they're not really. They have no plan. There's, when was the last time you saw a platform that wasn't, we're just not doing what those guys are doing. And Democrats are going batshit crazy, doing whatever the hell they want to do, and taking care of whatever nonsense they want to take care of, and going after whatever you know, new order of the day is, you know, a, a, a brown table is racist because it's 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 a brown table and it's culture appropriation because it was made by Africans or whatever the case may be as ridiculous as it sounds the Republicans the only thing they're going to do is respond to it that's why I stopped listening to Ben Shapiro and and Michael Knowles and those guys and I, I listen to Dan Bongino every once in a while but they, all they do is just respond to their nonsense just respond to their nonsense like you don't have to okay so Put something out and just say, refer back to, to, to my video. I've already done it. I'm not, I'm not talking about this again. And move on with your life. But there's a lot of people out there. Let's be honest. There's a lot of people out there who tune into these, these places thinking that, that yeah, yeah, we're going to stick it to those guys. Dude, come on. I mean, how, many, how often have you seen this? How often, you know, the lock her up stuff, the, the Obama's going to prison, all those. Like, the first president that's probably going to go to prison is probably going to be Trump because they don't want him around because he is a threat to the upper and lower class system. He didn't go by those rules. He was independent. He was middle class by my definition. He's not necessarily controlled directly. Government is a complete hindrance to his business model and the way he looks and the what he does. The corporate media, they're another group that are upper class. They go and they are the, they're, they're the, the, the mouthpiece. It doesn't matter the publication. They're the mouthpiece. The FCC, the FCC controls them. Okay, what they can and cannot say. And then on top of that, any kind of regulations that come down. Typically, there's not a lot of regulations that, that come down very hard to the point where we're seeing it. But they do have control of the mouthpieces, because those guys are all 
just controlled by by the by the again the central authority, the federal government. Okay. So how can this help for liberty? Focusing on the middle class as a priority gets you as many votes. You want to see massive voter turnout. You start highlighting the nonsense that's going on. You start highlighting all of these issues that are going on and pointing to the failings of the government about crony capitalism, about uh, you know the welfare state and what we need to do to go back to um, people taking care of themselves. Yeah, life sucks. And there's some communist views that, that, that say, well, everybody should get $1,000. Well, all it's going to do is just change the price of milk to 7 or 8 or 20 or $30 a, a, a gallon. That's all it's going to do if you start giving people UBI. But focus on people about deregulating, taking away that nonsense, of, of, you know, taking away cosmetology licensing requirements. I know that's something that, that folks over Reason Magazine and John Stossel talk about. But that's that's one portion of a of a bigger bigger flick where if you could get that put into place and you, you could chest thump on that, if a guy in South Dakota is able to get that pushed through the local legislation, that you you can cut hair if you want to. It sorts itself out. Oh well, they might get ringworm. It, ringworm requires you to have 2,000 hours, or ringworm prevention requires you to have 2,000 hours worth of worth of sanitation standards and practices. A tattoo artist, a you know, all these guys have ridiculous number of hours of requirements before they can get certified. If somebody wants a garbage tattoo by somebody who's literally a beginner, then let them get a garbage tattoo by by somebody who's literally a beginner. Let them practice. Let them do whatever they want. Businesses will figure it out. Local tattoo parlor, the local local barber shop, or the local beauty parlor will go and say, "Dude, you're new. I need you. You need to learn." You need to be taught. You need to be taught how to do this stuff. I'm not just going to have you go and start cutting hair, and or you offer a super cheap rate like the beauty the beauty schools do. You know, well you can get a five dollar haircut, but it's going to be from somebody who has zero experience. You know, but what would stop me from then turning around and publishing to my local town to say, hey, look, I cut hair. I cut hair one way. If you want that haircut, it's five dollars. Excuse me. But then when nobody wants to show up because they get ringworm, it's real easy to, to, to sink the entire thing. Well, what, what are your precautions you're taking? Well, here's the things I do. But they don't want that. They want to have a specific set of standards. The standards don't stop anybody from being affected by those things. People still get ringworm when they're super high standards. <laughs> When they've gone to 2,000 hours worth of worth of cosmetology classes or whatever certification in sanitation, people still get it. But you could sit back and go, well, the government's requirement says this, and I don't have to report it to anybody except except some BS agency in you know in, at the Capitol, and they just pigeonhole that entire set of data anyway. So you know nobody cares. So th- this is this is where you can help liberty is by focusing directly on those people. Stop with the Black Lives Matter, anti-Black Lives Matter stuff. Stop with the anti-trans, trans stuff. That's That shouldn't be the focus of the Libertarian Party. Top three things. The what's in it for me for the middle class. Top three things. Their paycheck, their kids, and their retirements. I think those are the big things. If you're able to try and find a way that their money lasts longer, 
well into retirement, that their kids are not affected by stupid nonsense, and they can actually walk out of high school and be able to do something with a high school graduation and not have to go to a college to be able to do anything, and their paycheck, if you're able to give them as much money in their paycheck, not taking $15 an hour, but giving them. You could literally give somebody a raise by doing away with a bunch of taxes, federal, FICA, whatever the hell it is you want to do. You don't have to do away with the whole thing, but you could cut away. Everybody talks about, you know, like, uh, just a bit of a rant. Everybody talks about Walmart could raise their prices literally a penny across the board in all its, in all its stores across the nation and give their people $15 an hour. Why can't the federal government drop their rates on everything by a penny across the board and give everybody their money back? Why can't they give people $15 an hour? Why can't they? You want to talk about businesses having to do that because they're an easy target. But the federal government, oh, we're doing great things with your money. Bullshit. You're wasting all of it. It doesn't matter. So that's all I had to kind of talk about. And I'll, I'll be coming back to this on several occasions where I kind of talk about stuff. But this is the this is the defining, at least defining part where I talk about the upper middle and lower class the way I view it and the way I perceive it okay so uh, if you like what you're listening to please uh, you know at least subscribe and and if you want to donate just I, I don't have anything set up right now I'm, I'm brand new to this and it's literally just a, a work in progress but if you want to donate uh, get in touch with me and I'll, I'll see if I can work something out um, if you like what I'm doing you know just follow me and I'll be doing this I'll be trying to do this at least once a day for during the work week to keep this up so, all right. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day.